gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex Retweet. Hello everyone and welcome to this, another edition of Eat, Sleep, Suplex Retweet. I'm your host tonight for tonight's show, I'm Derek Kernan and today we are talking about one of the best technical wrestlers ever born into a massive wrestling family who unfortunately we lost far too early it's the King of Hearts himself, Own Heart now before I talk about this motley crew of a panel I've got in front of me um, just make sure that you subscribe to our back catalogue of other episodes make sure you subscribe to us on all good post- uh, podcasting sites um, iTunes, Android and Spotify why not give us a follow on social media on um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Suplex Retweet and um, we've also got our brand new website at suplexretweet.com as well, so give us a wee, wee listen, guys. Give us a five star rating if you if you fancy it as well. Now the panel. First guy I'm going to talk about now. If you're lucky enough to follow this guy on social media, you'll realise that he's trying to bring back the famous turtle net jumper, and he's doing it with great success. <laughs> <laughs> it's my good mate Andy. How, how, how are you, buddy? How are you doing? Good I don't really dark way to introduce the panel. I thought we were on like mastermind or something. <laughs> <laughs> panel. <laughs> How you doing, Derek? You right? Good, mate. Yeah, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, man. Good, man. Good, man. Now, this guy, this guy disappoints me as much as the last episode of Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> no, to be fair, to be fair to him, to be fair to him, he follows, he follows wrestling all around Glasgow, providing it's a free ticket, of course. <laughs> <laughs> He's still Nanny's least favourite grandchild. It's my Miss Elizabeth. <laughs> it's my Stephen. How are you, buddy? Uh, fine, I quite like the finale of Game of Thrones. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. At least, least somebody did. Yeah, exactly. Me and David Campbell both agreed. Well, Ross as well. There we go. Now, this man, seeing him sitting next to Stephen makes me realise how bloody handsome he is. <laughs> <laughs> That's my good mate, Mason. Keep how it are going, you, buddy? Keep it going, how are you? Good. I'm good, Dick. Um, you obviously talk about Owen Hart, but. Apart from your, ourselves, there's a few, a few rockets in the studio tonight. Yes. Do you agree? <laughs> <laughs> another one of the scrapey form I go on. Now this guy, I'm really glad he's here. I owe him a bit of an apology as well. On the Kofi Kingston show, just before Mania, I christened him Mr Floppy. <laughs> <laughs> but Mr Floppy is no more. As shocked as everybody was, I know. Ross now has a girlfriend that doesn't come with batteries or a pump. <laughs> so Mr. Floppy is no more. Ross, how are you, buddy? I'm good. I was I was expecting a harsher intro. I was about to say, am I getting abuse here for your Harry Hill standing? But you know, <laughs> oh, he's not got a beard, mate. Oh, nah, you're, you're, you're it. That's wrong one. But I'm glad to be here. I'm looking forward to talking more heart. And I started watching the unfortunate past, so. Been good learning about the past few weeks. Good. That's one thing I think that we've all enjoyed that we've, we've mentioned is going back and watching some of these matches, which we'll discuss in some of these moments. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll discuss has been brilliant. And the last guy, still my favourite tag partner, but he's still a big man who at the end of the day. It's <laughs> quite <laughs> agile. I'll, I'll take that. How you doing, Derek? Good, mate. How are you? Oh, I'm excited. You're in the hosting chair. I know. At least some quality in the hosting chair for a change. Yep. Oh, we had last week. <laughs> 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 now, guys, just to go through 
obviously like a very important time as well it's the coming up for the 20th anniversary of um, Owen's unfortunate passing um, as well so I'm um, going to discuss in a bit of detail some of our favourite moments and matches like I said um, as well but first of all we're going to have a wee bit of background on him have a bit of a chat about him and kind of guy is but I'll just run a wee bit um, through a bit of a background on him um, Owen was born on the 7th of May 1965 in Calgary Alberta Canada he was youngest at 12. Remember, David Hockney was pulling me up for that one of the last yes. day. <laughs> family ones. David, that's 12 children. And David, David trying to remember all their names. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, youngest of 12 uh, children to Stanley Wrestling's Stu and Helen Hart. Very, very famous family um, as well. Um, as well, obviously famous for the, the dungeon as well, the Hart dungeon. And when I was looking at the dungeon, see when you look at some of the, some of the guys who are wrestled who who trained in the dungeon it's incredible um also one of the the hardest probably wrestling skills in the world that's been well documented as Stu was um bit of a bit of a hard man when it came to training and stuff at the very least um but one of the other things i didn't notice as well that Stu never took any money off any of the trainees as well just we just done it for the love of the sport as well which was amazing but when you look at some of the guys in there we had um, Chris Benoit, Brian Pillman, Christian Edge, David Boy Smith, Dynamite Kid, Jake the Snake, Jim Nighthart, Roddy Piper, Natalia Nighthart, Greg Valentine, and then of course all the Hart siblings as well, including Owen and the other famous one, Brett, as well. So, guys, just to sort of um, open up to you, obviously, Owen is famous, more famous for his time and um, WWF, WWE, um, but he's also part of. A, he was also, you know, a number of different things as well. Stephen, what's your sort of, you know, bit of background on Owen, and what did you remember him? For, remember him for? Uh, I remember him for being probably by far the most uh, charismatic of all the Hart family. Uh, Any time that he came out to the ring, he was just a. He was a bundle of energy, even when he was a face or when he's a heel, as we'll talk to. Him great comment value later on but uh, you were just kind of drawn to him I think there was just something you could tell there was something about him well as uh, with Brett you kind of yeah, when you without seeing him in the ring it was hard to kind of judge him as a character that time but Owen you just knew you were going to get high octane high pace all the way around and throughout his career regardless what he was stuck with the likes of the blue blazer and being ripped by DX at one time uh, he did it did it and he did it well which was always a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Nathan, what about you? What's your? Yeah, Stephen said complete chalk and cheese with Brett. I mean, Brett's not the most charismatic person in the world. <laughs> uh, Owen certainly is. Um, Ross shared the was it the Heart of Gold documentary. Uh, I remember watching that. There was, I think, it was kind of came up at the right time in Stampede. They were looking for a new member of the Heart family to be the forefront promotion, and he obviously came at the right time. Became the focal point there and just went on WF. Yeah. Up onwards and upwards. Yeah. Andy, you mentioned just before the show that, um, you know, it's not only his time in WWF that he had, you also mentioned he had a time abroad, didn't he? Yeah, he, he used to work in uh, Japan, but uh, I don't ever actually really seen his stuff in Japan, I just know he's been about. But uh, when I first started, when I first saw him, he was actually the only white member in uh, Nation of Domination. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was kind of like, that's a bit out of a place, but he made it work. He was just wherever he was, like if he was in Japan or he was in WCW for a small spell as well, but he was mainly in the WWF, WWE. And yeah, he was just this charismatic guy. He was always funny. And he just, whatever he was given, he would, you know, he would do it well. Yeah. Yeah. Ross, what about you, mate? 
Yeah, obviously Stephen mentioned, um, Nathan mentioned chalk and cheese to Bret Hart. We always mention on the show great character wrestlers or the people that can make you laugh or and you know great technical wrestlers. He was the best of both. And he, as we've seen with the the Austin feud, when he breaks Austin's neck, he could change from that funny heel that was deluded mm. to that absolute nasty piece of you know what, you know that just made you hate him. And yet he was so beloved backstage as well. Yeah. That, that's something that sticks out for that Heart of Gold documentary. He was always pulling pranks on people, but he was always like he was considered the funny guy, no the nasty guy. If you get me, mm-hmm. and it was just a beloved figure all round, and it's obviously a shame that he left us so early. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we'll, we will talk about um, you know what, what could have been, and you know he's passing in a, in a bit later on as well. But um, what about some of his his accomplishments, and um, particularly the WWE? You know, he was um, European champion once Intercontinental um, twice and tag champions now does anybody remember who he was tag champs with Yokozuna yep it's the yep. one I remember yep. WrestleMania 12 was it yep. uh, Jeff Jarrett as well yep and he was in the final of the European Championship tournament with his tag team champion partner British Bulldog yeah, yeah. now looking at that were you any use surprised that he wasn't tag champs with Nightheart yeah actually yeah Nightheart yeah. Pillman <clears throat> No. Yeah, even Brett as well. Mm-hmm. Brett, aye. I think, see, when he first came in and he was with Nyhart, like obviously the one I'm going to talk about later is Stampede. Nyhart had sort of cleaned himself up a wee bit, but he wasn't in the best frame of mind when he was first teaming yeah, with right, yeah. yeah, And I think it was sort of like, as we've talked before, me and you, Derek, the new rockers. Yep. It was just something that it had been done. WWE was in a transitional period. They were clutching at straws, you know, for the old ideas. And it was like, right, let's get him in with a new guy. But it yeah. was like, Brett was always the star of the original Heart Foundation, so when Owen came in, it was sort of hard for him to get out that shadow. Yeah. Was that not when they were both wearing like, stupid night pants and stuff? Aye. Aye. Mm-hmm. They were wearing like the, the Zoomers for like, uh, <laughs> Japan. <laughs> Was that before or after he's teaming with Coco to be aware? Oh, I, I don't know. I, Is that uh, the same? Sort of, period, aye. Yeah, of all the tag teams in WWE history, if you had one of them in the Hall of Fame, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's it right there, and then he won the King of the Ring in '94 as well. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to we're going to talk about in um, a bit of detail as well about his slabbies, but we'll save that for that time <laughs> as well. Which is that. Sometimes just this quarter. You're fighting the ultra. Obviously, we're going to we're going to talk about moments and matches, but you know, other than the ones we mentioned, is there anything else that you guys sort of think about them? You know, that we could you know just mention now while we're talking about some of the background of them that's not going to be focused as much. In terms of like you hear about like Tyson Kidd, for example, tells a story where I think it was Natalia's cousin, Sir Matthew Canberson, but he's been mentioned on like he died when he was like thirteen, and he's good pals with Tyson Kidd. So to take his mind off things, Owen paid for Tyson to go to an event with his pal. Like take his mind off things. And he just always about being like showing a lot of goodwill to the people. It kind of reminds me, remember when Balotelli played for Man City? Mm-hmm. He had all these stories about giving money to homeless people and stuff. Yeah. He's been like a legend. It kind of reminds me of that sort of thing. I set fireworks off in his kitchen. I listened to an interview last night by Val Venus. <laughs> um, people talk just after Owen, Owen passed and it says 
they were they were in this hotel just before Mania and they were all, all the wrestlers were getting checked in and all these kids were coming up asking for Val's autographs so he was signing away and then this guy came up to him like a man came up to him with a stack of like stickers going going to sign them and Valvin just went no go away I, I know you're going to sell these and stuff like that <laughs> so what, what Valvinus didn't know that Owen Hart was standing directly behind him so when Val went up to his room and calmed down Owen phoned his room and pretended to be the guy going come and meet me down the stairs now I can't believe you didn't sign any of these and stuff like that <laughs> so Val was oh, travelling all day knackered he's like no I'm not coming down hung up the phone and then it, Owen picked up the phone again he's like if you don't come down here I'm going to come up there and I'm going to kick your ass and then he was like are you? And then he got chased and stuff like that, ran down the stairs. The place was deserted, <laughs> except from um, it was Owen Hart and Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett, aye, that was yeah. it. Jeff Jarrett sitting at the bar. And then it wasn't till um, Owen passed that mm. Jarrett told Val that it was mm-hmm. Owen that was taking away. And you, know, you could just imagine oh. Val Venus coming down the stairs, raging. Mm-hmm. You know, running down the stairs, and then it's just Owen. Probably in his towels. Yeah, hello, it would, ladies. It would, have been, it would have been more hilarious if he'd keep doing the towels. He <laughs> just did. He was slipping in his bare feet with the wet foot. Hello, Owen. No, I, I remember one of the funniest ones I heard was that uh, was a Gangrel like thought he lost his watch and uh, Owen was there and was like, oh, I'll help you find it and all that. And he, <laughs> so essentially what had happened is Owen had pinched the watch and he helps Gangrel try to find it and then they go travelling for a few months and then while Gangrel's back in the ring, he like, puts the watch back in his bag. So Gangrel <laughs> comes back and he's like, what? It was like in the bag the whole time and he kind of realised that it was Owen that was taking the piss. But yeah, oh. his pranks were just legendary. Mm. Yeah, obviously I've- the prank one I was going to use was the one you just oh, used there, but another one we'll not talk about, and we touched on it just there, the European Championship final. The last 20 minutes are raw. It's a raw that has an Intercontinental title match and a WWE title match on it, and they trusted them to go in last. And although Owen loses the match, you know, you can tell he carries it, because as yeah. much as we all love Bulldog, he wasn't the best unless he had somebody better in there with him. But it's, it's a great 20-minute match. It showed how good he was, you know, he did exactly what his brother Brett did in '92, carried Bulldog to an absolute classic. Yep. But it's why they just type Owen Hart into the network service the past few weeks and just watch him through millions of matches. Steve, uh, one of the things I found I think quite refreshing about him is uh, obviously when you look at current wrestling now, when we've got Goldberg Undertaker fighting <laughs> Saudi Arabia, uh, the, the fact that he always said that he wanted to retire quite young, mm-hmm. he wanted to he, he wanted to make enough money that he, him his wife and her kids could have a stable life which I thought was quite something quite refreshing mm-hmm. from a wrestler that regardless of how successful he got how I mean he could have went on to some massive things we never know but if he knew exactly that when he was going to call it quits and when he was going to go back to his family life I thought yeah look at, especially looking at how things are people do not go away mm-hmm. I mean I love Undertaker as much as the other guy but come on man <laughs> uh, it, it was, it's and as we've mentioned as well it, I don't think there's a man as universally liked backstage mm-hmm. in wrestling history mm-hmm. yeah. as Owen Hart, regardless of all these pranks he did. You know, yeah. they still love them. You know, that just—it's just a testament to the man, just yeah. how much respect a lot of the, the roster had from it. The team. Yeah, even the click liked them. Like Sean yeah. Diesel, Razor—they all liked them and they mm-hmm. hated everyone else. Right, <laughs> <laughs> there's uh, obviously Sean Mike, uh, Scott Hall wasn't in the best state of mind just before he got clean. But he was great pals with Owen Hart, and someone at a roast made a bit of a tasteless joke about Owen Hart, and Scott Hall had to be escorted for the building because he was about to knock the absolute living 
about this guy because that was like his pal and he was yeah. raging there's like still clips on YouTube of him shouting you're a piece of this you're a piece of how dare you go after Owen and he's shouting at like the wrestlers that are holding him back going ah, did you know Lavon as well let me get him let me get him <laughs> for Owen so that just shows you how universal lights was. One of the things I also read as well, I think it was his wife that said it in a row, but that Owen didn't really want to go into the wrestling business. Now imagine if he didn't, mm-hmm. you know, the talent that we wouldn't have seen would have been, you know, there'd been such a change, such a loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. The, the slamming awards wouldn't be relevant. Nope. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. He did so much with that. Like, I'll, I'll know do the quote around it because obviously we got to talk. But he did so much with that. Like, we talked last week about how how easy a, re- a wrestling rivalry can be it's like I'm better than you and I want to prove it could we not do that with the Slammies nowadays like you know Usos win tag team of the year and instead of the revival shaving their back they go actually we're the tag team of the year and we're going to prove it it's yeah. the thing that people always say it's like you always hear people complain like such and such wrestler never got enough time mm-hmm. and so many of them say it's like it's not how much time you get it's using the it. time you've got yeah. Yeah. Owen did that very well um, Obviously, one of the best ones was Crash Holly as well with the hardcore title. There's so many examples in, in the world of wrestling that you just, wee things like that you just make it work. Yeah, and Owen was probably our truth, truth nowadays. Mm-hmm. Our <laughs> truth exactly. That's a spot on example, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now, guys, what we're going to going to do now is going to our um, moments or matches that we've all picked individually um, regarding what we think is the best Owen Hart moment and match. So. But let's start start with you, Stephen. Mm-hmm. So on you go, you tell us about your favourite um, match or moment from Owen. Yeah, I went a bit left field in my choice. I went with the match from SummerSlam 1998 between Owen Hart and Ken Shamrock in the Lions Den match. <laughs> uh, a match which I think gets a bit of a bad rep a wee bit in time, but actually I think it's one that worked for what it was and probably could work in wrestling now too. If anybody's never seen the match, it's part of what's a stellar SummerSlam card that year being invented by... Uh, uh, Stone Cold and Undertaker yep. um, but it's essentially like it's at US it's like the octagon type it's like a cage type thing that's situated away from the ring so it's just like it's like an octagon as we see yeah. now only not really the octagon shape you kind of get the idea it's like a cage surrounding yeah. something um, these two have had a great feud I think actually knocked it as well um, they did a great job of imp- using the man who up until Bobby Roode's recent runs had the best moustache in wrestling and Dan Severn <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> they'd um, fought in a match which we may talk about later on the match in the dungeon my god but I forgot how small and how safe that yes. place was um, but these it was essentially the idea of this match was essentially yeah to it was a tap out idea with it although when they ran the match again the year after with Shamrock and Blackman nobody really quite knew how you won the match yeah. but um, just essentially two of them went at it for ten minutes um, they both make great use of what they've got great use of the case and everything one of the great things in the build up to it was Dan Severn teaching Owen Hart how to fight the MMA style and teaching them how to use submissions um, some great obviously some great work with that then as well the best part the thing I loved about it which gave it a great feel was they had the the den lines den structure in a different area mm. of the arena yeah. it was in Madison Square Garden so you couldn't really have it there so they decided to do it in a hall down the stairs which kind of had an old school feel because he just had a big crowd surrounding this one. That was the only thing that was going on there, nothing else. And it really added to it and everything. And even though Owen didn't pick up the win over Shamrock, it was quite a memorable match. And it was probably one of, one of the high points of what was a great pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah. Nathan, you remember that match? Yeah, it's excellent. Yeah, it's um, watched the back today. I mean, certain spots, 
like they use that like setting environment really well it was a bit of a sharp thing at the end of the match actually Shamrock does the flip over yeah on the ball Iceland the, 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 the match got in the submission I mean shows the athleticism of both guys and a perfect perfect match in that sort of environment yeah, yeah. one man that might be in a steel cage soon but maybe more like a padlock cage <laughs> and Ross what do you think about that? <laughs> I no longer have to be locked up at night. I can roam about the house myself. <laughs> As Stephen said, you know, it's a different part of the arena. It's like, it, it felt like something like a fight club or like, you know, a CD underground fight network, which apparently I'm into now. Apparently. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it felt proper old school and something else, well, for my notes for my match I'll talk about later, Ken Shamrock actually says in his promo, I've been in the lines then before and you just think, you have no idea what's coming mate, do you? But I, it, it just, it feels so different. It, it was something different, and I think that's why, obviously, that time period and own heart are so beloved. For the simple fact, things were new, and he was willing to try new things. Yeah. And, obviously, he got in there with an actual MMA fighter. Fair play him. He also had, uh, one of the matches I watched last night, he also had one with Steve Blackman. He did, then. And, looking at the match, he... Carried the match. Is that the one with Sunday Night Heat? Yeah. Yeah, I remember, yeah. I remember, I remember seeing that. It's still, it's still good, but you could tell that Owen, Owen carried the match pretty much throughout it. Yeah, I mean, but that, but even with this one with Shamrock, the, the one, Shamrock does put in a great bit of oh, offense. Yeah. So it's Shamrock made use of that cage. Yeah. Like nothing else. It just he, he just kept jumping off it in all sorts of different ways. As the one Nathan said, yeah. the kind of led to the finish was when he flipped off of it. It was just a great bit of athleticism and it just showed the two of them actually worked really well together I mean a lot of people give Shamrock a bit of stick but you look at a lot of the things Shamrock did in his career you know you get great feuds with everybody yeah yeah. and Owen Hart was one of them you know the, the, that kind of spell of things that was that was also that was around about the time was that when Owen was in the nation at that point in time or was it just before Owen was in the nation I think it was just before when was it maybe just after because he joined the nation in April uh, maybe just after he was in the nation and type of stuff but uh Dan Seven as well it's, it's, it's the ending as well when uh, Shamrock's got him in the ankle lock and Dan he's got this tempted to throw the towel yeah. and then he just goes no I'm walking away and that type of stuff you know Dan Seven's running WWE is very unmemorable apart from us being involved in this feud I think it's fair to say and having these sweatiest t-shirts <laughs> <laughs> he always wore a great t-shirt for some strange reason he was, he was the ref in the Blackman match as well yeah, he, um, he was the ref in the dungeon, dungeon match and just Seen that was that was absolutely glorious, Tash. It was unreal. It's so good. So Tom Selleck esque. Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck was at his height as Richard and Friends around about this. You know, for oh, right. <laughs> so, did he feel self conscious about uh, Dan Severn? Is that why he shaved in Friends? He must have. He must have. Yeah, guys. Any other memories of this match? Anything else you want to mention about it? Happy with it, Steve. Really good. I think that's a, a great shout for the I love the ref at the top as well. Yeah, just kept, I know. Right, he's like right down, yeah. He just kept looking down and everything. There wasn't, they didn't have him in the ring, which yeah. showed that this was not ordinary. Uh, the only thing was the sh- they kind of tried too much of this stuff with Shamrock, I think, at times. There was the mm-hmm. one in Fury Loaded 99 where they were in the car park. Yeah. Uh, the Iron Circle match or something like that. <laughs> where all the guys are just doing banging the cars and that type of stuff with their hands. Would you like to rephrase that? Banging the cars with their hands. You didn't let me finish. No, but it's more the motion you're doing with your hands. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they were doing. I slept with <laughs> For the listeners at home, it looks like Steven was forcing someone down at the top of the Same motion you make when you're patting a car. 
Oh, well. Top match, Derek. Yes, <laughs> yes. Thank you. Let's get back to the match. Yes. Um, great match, guys. I think all these agree. It definitely deserves to be up there. It's one of the one of the best matches to describe Owen's um, career. Now we're going to go into Andy's moment match. Yeah, Andy, uh, on you go. I feel like with this match, uh, you cannot talk about it without the build-up that led into it. And this is like back in the day when, like you know, long-term storytelling was like a, a thing that I seen Vince McMahon has totally forgot about these days. So essentially, it's the match I'm talking about, which I'm glad I managed. I'm glad I managed to get into the first for this: the Bret versus Owen in the steel cage in SummerSlam 1994. And this all sort of started over a hot cup of uh, not actually hot cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, this all started at Survivor Series 1993, where it was Bret Hart was supposed to face against Jerry Lawler in these nights. But I don't know if you know what happened to Jerry Lawler, but we'll get past that. But Shawn Michaels had to replace him. Uh, Owen was in the match. Owen bumped into Bret accidentally on the apron. Owen gets distracted and gets pinned by Shawn Michaels and he's the only Hart member to get eliminated during that match and the, the Hart Foundation win and Owen comes back and he berates uh, Brett and it's kind of like oh what's happening here there's a bit of a start of a feud so for the next few months uh, Owen wants to have a match with Brett Brett says no so over Christmas they kind of rekindle and then they prepare to fight the Quebecers at the 1994 Royal Rumble for the Tag Team Championship so Brett's in the ring, Brett injures his knee, but he refuses to tag on and keeps going and keeps going and essentially the referee stops the match because of his knee. So Owen decides to uh, kick his leg out of his leg, <laughs> that famous promo, and that's his heel turn, that's how it starts later that night, obviously Brett Hart wins the Royal Rumble with Lex Luger, and at WrestleMania, you know, you briefly you talked about it in the the podcast where it was like the best openers for WrestleMania, yeah. you know, Owen wins that match against Brett, but then Brett wins the title later in the night, so it upset, upsets Owen, so I guess at this point Owen feels he, sh- he should be a rightful champion, you know, he's bet the champion before the night. Owen wins King of the Ring, and this leads to the match at SummerSlam where it's Owen versus Brett in a cage match, so it keeps the Hart Foundation out, and my god, it's like one of the funnest cage matches ever. That's just so good. It's such a great match. It's one of those matches like if you don't understand wrestling and you don't like wrestling, watch this because it is the thing that gets in. And what I like about it is the fact that it's like today it's like when someone's in a cage, someone's going to dive off the cage or something, or the cage is like a weapon. Whereas in this, it's a case of the rule is they have to escape the cage. So it's like as soon as one of them's down, they have one of them's trying to climb over and the other one's there. And it was like even though like Bret Hart wins the match, but when I was watching it, I was like, like when Owens like in the match and he's like over the top like shit he's going to win it's like it's just so adrenaline filled and every time that they're climbing it's like the crowd are going absolutely wild and it's like they're not even doing massive spots like the biggest spot comes at the end where it's the superplex off the cage and that's like 25 minutes and it's just most of it is just like knock down go up uh, climb the rope and then they're pulling them over and and I think they took this match and they put it in the WWE games where it's like the slow crawl to the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just it's just amazing because it is them. It's like a big fun match because it's like just trying to escape this cage. Yeah. And it is like, I don't know if you've never seen it, you have to check out it. It's Aye. one of the greatest matches that was ever. Yeah. One of the greatest cage matches. I think that was the other thing as well, Ross, about it was the storytelling, like Andy mentioned before mm-hmm. it, is old school. Classic wrestling WWE story to WWF storytelling. Yeah, uh, obviously I mentioned the last match. The actual era is a beloved time. It's also a tricky time because remember that era that killed off long-term storytelling because they were going against WCW in the ratings. This when we didn't have a pay-per-view every two, you know, 
the next four weeks there's three WWE pay-per-views, you know, and then there's one two weeks after that. How are you meant to keep people engaged? You know, it's this is a prime example of less is more. They didn't just straight away break up and go, oh, I hate you and I've always hated you, and then fight. No, it was almost a year. It's Survivor Series to SummerSlam, so it's like nine months. It's great storytelling, and it's two of the absolute best, I think. One of the things that sticks out, though, is that it was meant to be Bruce Hart as well. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> uh, and Brett fought to the nail to make sure it would be Owen in that spot, which shows how highly Brett rated him. Yeah. Yeah, that's another. Um, Stephen, about the match itself, so many like 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 Andy said, the crowd were totally engaged in it. You know, they loved everything. There was so many like near misses where they were up the top of the day, and then one of them fell off, or else the two of them. It's, it's how where you get your peaks in wrestling is when you've got something that you're not sure about. It gets you on the edge of your seat, and you think anything could happen with it. And, that's what you got in this match. I mean, um, there were so many times you thought one guy was going to do it, so many mm-hmm. times the other guys were there. I mean, me personally, I'm not a big fan of steel cage matches because, uh, as they said, it's meant to keep people out, but people just seem to climb over anyway. I just think it's an absolutely terrible stipulation. Not a big fan of it, you know? Yeah. Uh, Special times I've seen them done live in ICW. Not my, be- my favourite matches. Not bad matches, but I'm just not a fan of them. But this is one of the one examples. This and the Ken from Hell. A joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's just too they've got such great chemistry we talked about that in the Wrestlemania openers one just how much the chemistry was it was just the technical aspect of it this kind of added a bit of extras to it with the cage you were getting a bit more shenanigans to it but the fact that um, Dave Meltzer even rated it 5 stars you yeah. know yeah. I think was this the first WWE match he rated as a 5 star I think so there wasn't another one till 97 the yeah, Hell in Cell only two matches I mean if it was 5 stars or yeah maybe right. it was a hell, the Hell in a Cell maybe it was the one after it but this was it was just great storytelling story as Ross said the long term storytelling Andy says well the, the long term storytelling just added to it. some of the best storylines we've seen in recent memory Tommaso Champ Johnny Gargano Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn one that I've actually watched recently done in progress with Eddie Dennis and Mark Andrews if you've never seen it they're all long term storylines granted there'll be injury but the excitement's a bit more of it so imagine it when you've actually seen the two of them active all the time so that's what you got with these two did you, did you think like, storylines are better because like McMahon was on commentary you know and, he could, you know, and he was too much focused on that so he's I couldn't <laughs> change everything backstage at the last yeah. minute yeah. but see obviously something else obviously we talked about long term storytelling and the family aspect and how good the match itself was it's a testament to all that that we've not even mentioned the fact that it was for the WWE Championship yeah a lot, of, a, a lot of feuds rely on the title like you know you watch Samoa Joe Rey Mysterio unless it was for a belt there's very little interest there and even with the US title there was very little interest in that feud yeah this had everything and then it had the title which just made it that much more personal yeah I will say even though it's like a great match and Owen's amazing it, but you do see that he is like Brett's younger brother yeah. and it's like it's just he is he's like he is Brett's shadow and it's like if Brett wasn't there then Owen would probably be the star it's kind of you see it it's like yeah, he's this great we can't ever see him talking Brett for some yeah. reason even in this fantastic match yeah yeah um, the ending of the match yeah ridiculous everyone gets involved yes Dave Lee Smith the one here just it's weird. Well, watching them actually, like, it keeps cutting the day yeah. It's just like, it looks like Skrillex, where he's just a hero. Anvil gets involved. Everyone, yeah. It's about, it's about the end. <laughs> you see Anvil just like waiting to like knock the table over. 
Tai aina kuin suetari like like you mentioned about Jerry Jerry Lawler his commentary throughout it is brilliant oh, as well yeah. and he gets a man like oh my god he's climbing up the cell <laughs> <laughs> and then like uh, he's a uh, he's commentary you okay there Andy I'm just doing my McMahon that's how he talks on commentary I love these Shawn Michaels matches Michaels have forgot about it oh you always knew somebody was kicking out we got a new champion it was a clothesline Vince Cameron <laughs> I, think, I, think that's, I think that's for Michael Cole got his commentary for the Shawn yeah. Miz, Miz match you can't have your foot on the rope it's no disqualification <laughs> <laughs> no. But uh, going back to the match, that like towards the end, there's so many great. Like you think this is where the match is going to end. This is where the match, especially like, there's a part that's just so underrated. Where they're both on the side of the cage, and like Brett, and they're on the top rope, and Brett just like lifts his leg and books Owen in the face, and Owen just sort of shakes and just falls. It's like wow, it's like this is where it ends. It and Owen just gets up and grabs him. Like Jesus, when is this? Just, what's it going to take for this to, to finish? And then the match is well so technically sound as well. It's it's just. Incredible, yeah, absolutely incredible. Mm. Brilliant. That was it. It's spot on. It's well deserving of a five star. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thanks for that, Andy. You've also got another point as well. You want to bring up, don't you, mate? Yeah, we were talking about moments. You know, I know it's not a great moment, but it's a, definitely a moment that sort of you know to do with Owen. But it's the the, the match uh, SummerSlam '97, where we uh, he's in the match with Stone Cold Steve Austin for the Intercontinental Championship. You know the match starts off great. Uh, essentially, there's a part in the in the middle of the match where uh, I can't really remember. Austin goes for something and it's like he does a total whirl into a pile driver, and then Owen Hart drops down on like legs up first, like a power bomb sort of pile driver, and breaks Austin's neck. And uh, I feel like that is like you can't like I know it's like a bad moment and obviously it cut Austin's career short but it's like it, it's just very interesting that like Owen Hart was part of it and he's like always known as a safe worker mm-hmm. and it's like he injured like Steve Austin in this like like devastating way and almost basically ruined the uh, future of the, the attitude era yeah. at the same time and the other thing about it, Austin was so big at the time Ross wasn't he that you know, that was him at his peak yeah this is obviously a when I talk about Stampede Owen gets the pin that led to their feud and that match was obviously centred around all the other feuds he had with the Heart Foundation this led into that and it led for goofy Helon with the slammy speech to vindictive angry you know almost chipping his shoulder style Owen you know, it's different from the spoiled brat brother we've seen, like the Scott McLeod routine, <laughs> complaining that his big brother was, you know, overshadowing him. It was, it was, uh, <laughs> it was just an angry vindic- It was Tommaso Ciampa, like, but like twenty years before Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nathan, <laughs> just get the JCB for your brother. Somebody over there. Right. But now it's um, it's probably. Probably the only blemish in his career, I'd say, yeah. especially when you hear about what happened after when apparently he didn't call Austin or make sure he was okay. Um, but yeah, obviously Austin was on the rise in hindsight, probably like, and there would be a good thing that happened to Austin because it obviously kept him out when he was still on TV, still on Vince, stuff like that as well. See, like I say, the only, as Andy alluded to as well, it's the only blemish on his career, but I mean, it's a 
what we have to talk about, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's something, Stephen, that we, we do need to talk about, even though it's a small blemish in history. Oh, yeah, totally, because there's a couple of things in Owen Hart's career. It's a, the what-if scenario is the, the obvious one of what if the tragedy didn't happen and he passed away. But the other one is, what if this didn't happen? What if he didn't? you know, break Austin's neck, you know. Arguably, Austin kind of, when he came back, it kind of added a bit of anticipation to his eventual title win in the March after it, but at the same time, we had his year out in the 1992-2000 and then his eventual retirement in 2003 because, you know, he could have been paralysed and everything. So, if it, if it wasn't for that, I mean, the question would be, where would he, how much more would we have got of Austin? How many more reigns would he have got? How many more wins would they have got over the Rock at WrestleMania? You never exactly know that one, you know. We would have got sick of Austin in the ring, yeah. <laughs> that, we wouldn't have, well, Rock probably would have still went over on in that WrestleMania, to be fair. But, uh, I but, think they thought Rock was done done then. Like. Aye, so probably that made, that made, but we could have had more Austin, Austin would have st- maybe stuck around, maybe he would have, his movie came out and not got with it, but as Nathan said, I mean, it was it was quite sad kind of the ramifications after. I mean, we talked to Elrond about how great a guy Owen Hart was, but the fact that didn't apologise to Austin, didn't go in and say sorry or anything that all led to obviously the unfortunate situation where Austin didn't even go to Owen's funeral. Yeah, which mm. is absolutely crazy yeah. considering Austin's status in the company. We saw that on the Owen Hart tribute show, but Austin was the guy who came out and did the final tribute. You know, left the can in the ring and everything, and to find out he didn't actually go see the man get buried a few yeah. weeks later just shows how how much this cost him this could have cost him and Austin felt it uh, let's say it was like yeah just a sort of they both didn't like sort of really communicate afterwards they both, both didn't really like each other afterwards and a lot of people always say oh the reason that he'd done the Blue Blazer gimmick was because he broke Austin's neck but he was still in a powerful career because he came out with his own t-shirt I broke Oh, they, 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 they did quite well with it to kind of make, yeah. it, into an, make it into an angle and then Owen, uh, Owen as Ross said generated some crazy heat from that situation yeah. but it's when you look at the pile driver though, it just, it, you can actually before he hits it you can see yeah. up the top of yeah, Austin's head yeah. and the bottom and it's just like nah, you shouldn't and the thing is though like he does like Owen Hart has done a pile driver and like the way he's done it it's like it's like a, a tombstone pile driver but instead of going to his knees, he's, you know, he does that. Was it not agreed between Austin and Owen that he would do like, the knees first pile driver? Yeah. Because he changed it last minute. Because yeah, Austin, uh, I know we brought this up in the Stone Cold podcast, which uh, you should give a listen to, uh, <laughs> is uh, when Austin, back in Japan, he the same thing happened to him yeah. where he got someone up for a tombstone-style pile driver. Instead of going to his knees, he you know he went on his ass and broke the guy's neck. And then a few years later, the same thing happens to Austin. Probably explains why Austin's head was yeah. so low. Because yeah. I think your head is traditionally a bit lower for that. That's what I say when you first tombstone because it's a bit more protected. Yeah. That's what I say. Was like the when you're doing a proper tombstone, it's like you're protected by the thighs because yeah. of the position in that. Which just it was just awkward because he like top twirls them up, twirls them up. Sorry, and, uh, and it's just just an awkward thing. <laughs> The, the finish is quite yeah. ugly because Owen is clearly just trying to kill time for about yeah. five minutes yeah. because he knows he's yeah and when he does pin him and it's like he kicks out and it's all the way he kicks because Austin's obviously over his legs and Owen kicks out every force of his legs while Austin's head's between them and it's like just adds to that injury it's like no but uh, Owen's wife came out and she reckons that Austin faked the injury and yeah like I think it was in like she wrote a book about it and stuff and said there was a lot of animosity between Owen and 
in Austin and they didn't like each other and you know and Austin faked his injury but it's like when you see the video you can see like the like there was a massive gap. See if you faked that fair play. That is a that is a great that is some, that is some, that is some <laughs> great acting, better than some of the acting he's done in his acting yeah. career. Well so we only know Austin side of it because you know Ron's not here to tell but it was it's just an unfortunate thing that happened but both of them done alright afterwards. Yeah. Yeah the other thing that you just mentioned um Ross is about the the storyline after that as well. When they, you know, mm. going three sixteen said, "I just break your neck." It's, 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 even though it's a horrible situation, mm. they they done well at it. Yeah, it, it's it's taking what you've got and making a storyline at it, and it's still protected Austin because he was he was still more of a heel at this point, even though he was starting to get chills. This kind of changed him into the anti-hero. So it did, although his career did end in two thousand three. Mm. Like it, it still had sorry, it still had like six or seven years at the absolute top and this is sort of a catalyst of it yeah, well like Steven said it's like he came out and obviously couldn't wrestle so he was doing all these crazy stuff like and then it's obviously gets the, the first time someone stunned Vince, like attacked Vince McMahon on live TV and it's like would that have happened would that if he didn't break his neck with the whole McMahon versus Austin feud happen yeah. this and that so it's kind of like yeah there's, there's, a, there's a great bit he came out he said where he when he was on his comeback or something like that and he was dying to get in the ring because he'd done you know he'd been away for so long and the crowd were loving him and he comes in and does a bunch of bumps when he's not meant to be taking any bumps and he apparently goes on the apron and he gets this death stare from Undertaker and he just like it's just like his words were it shows how much he cared about me that he gave me this death stare I'd be, I'd be thinking alright mate no bother I'm not doing that I'm not doing that again I'm just retired now <laughs> so be so saying that Owen is the catalyst behind the Austin McMahon story. Yeah, yeah, I that. Yeah, pretty good shit. A very <laughs> horrible way. Horrible. <laughs> well, I mean, in fairness, like you could say the authors of pain are the catalyst of the Gargano <laughs> Champa story because they injured them, and then obviously that story built through injury, much like this one. Yeah, the anticipation because he couldn't get his hands on him because he wasn't medically cleared yeah that's another thing that builds storylines so well isn't it when mm-hmm. someone actually can't get their hands on the person that you're just dying for them to get their hands on mm-hmm. and, and it made Austin more sympathetic because I think with his character he is like this like takes no crap kind of thing and beats everyone up whereas he's injured it's like the sympathy goes towards mm-hmm. him and it makes him this superstar yeah that David Campbell seems to not relate to <laughs> not at all no. do not talk about my fellow goatsmen like that he is, he is a saint <laughs> yeah, guys. So Lucifer, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, guys. That's a that, that was a really good one as well, Andy. So thank you, thank you for that. Um, we're going to go into the the break now, guys, and we're going to give you a wee peek of something that Nathan's going to be talking about um, later on, which is own Slammy Award winning speech. We'll be back soon. Hey, this is TK Cooper, and you're listening to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Keep it 100. Yeah, keep it 100. Yo, Adrian! I did it! Have a nice day! Yo, Adrian, I did it. Lou screw me, man. The stork that brought his kid got arrested for carrying dope. <laughs> he truly deserved that award. Crazier than you, McMahon. Mankind, very proud to be a Slam- Slammy Award winner. Our next presenter is the self Wait a minute, what's this? Owen Hart, Slammy Award winner. Well, I did it again. And you know what? No, no. 
you're presenting this. You gotta be thankful, my man. Owen spent a whole year of his life promoting this <laughs> crummy show. I did it again! Yes! And I have nobody to thank. Once again, I did it all by my sweet little self. Two-time Slammy Award winner! I knew it! I'm a winner! I did it! Woo! Hey, Bulldog! You may have two titles, but you don't have two Slammies! Yeah! And speaking of that, Vader and Mankind, this Sunday at WrestleMania, you're going to be in for the fight of your life because the Bulldog and myself, we haven't been better ever. And we're going to beat you and Mankind. And you know what, Vader? You don't have two Slammies like I do because you're losers and we're winners. Me and my Slammies! <laughs> this is DCT, and you're listening to the very sexy, <laughs> the audio dream that is... <laughs> Eat, sleep, suplex, retweet, oh. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Hello everyone and welcome back to our own heart special on Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. I would like to thank... Um, T.J. Cooper for being our voice for t- um, t- today's show um, if you want to hear more of that again with his interview with Ross McLeod um, you can catch that um, which has been released this week um, so now back to Owen and we're going to kick off with just what you listened to there which was um, Owen's Slammy Awards winning speech and that is Nathan that is your moment mate <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean you mentioned it earlier in the show he actually wins his first Slammy in 1994 for best rat <laughs> Seriously? Did you yeah, say yeah. rat or rap? Rat. <laughs> so rap would have been interesting. <laughs> and then uh, that made the nation donation completely different. It was best rap. But uh, <laughs> yeah, wins in '84. But it's '97. But he comes in his own with the Slammys. Becomes a two-time winner. He was he meant to be presenting the best bow tie, <laughs> but he steals the award. The clip declares himself the winner. And Bulldog, you have two titles, but you don't have two Slammys. <laughs> I just love it because he was like, oh, I did it again! And then someone's trying to tell him he hasn't won and it just doesn't, just doesn't listen at all. I mean, I think this, this moment encapsulates uh, what I mentioned earlier about Owen, like people remembering like, his antics backstage, everyone like, liking him personally. I mean, we also mentioned about taking someone running with it and he ran with this. I mean, that wasn't planned at all, him to like, use this spy's gimmick, he just went with it. Brought it with him to the ring, mentioned it in interviews. He was a commentary, he was brought up with him, always talked about it. It was on his attire, he had His attire as well, yeah. <laughs> he had the slam on each. I think he had his attire pre- uh, he already had it made before oh, the yeah, slam anyways. He would have, he would have, he would have told anyone about it and then uh, not even Vince and came out wearing it, certainly, yeah. But that's uh, certainly one of, if not the funniest in-ring own moment, not in WF own moment, I think. I definitely don't agree with Stephen. What are you thinking about it? Oh, it's just great, you know, back when the Slammies were relevant, you know. Back when it was just like, it was like the Hall of Fame, you know. That 1987 one was, was something else. I don't, I don't think they were relevant then, it was just... No, <laughs> no, but they, they made it look relevant at a nice dinner, at a nice set. I mean, Undertaker even showed up in his good attire, you know, and, pres- and actually got his awards, you know. I'd like to thank my fans. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my favourite part of it, though, is of it, it's... He's, he's trash-talking Vader and Mankind, because the match is <laughs> coming up the next night, and... He's forgot his award, he goes away, and Vader comes face to face with him. And then hang on, he throws a water in Vader's yeah. face, Vader goes to chase him, and there's a point where Vader runs by a table and Vader literally goes flat in his face. <laughs> <laughs> the big man. 
goes down, you know. <laughs> so at that point, Owen's gone, you know. But yeah. it's just, I, I knew about why I knew he had the slammies for years, but I didn't really fully understand it until quite recently. But watching it, it's just absolutely brilliant, you know. It's like nature boy Ric Flair esque, where he just, yeah, just, just, right just the charisma worth. It's like, whoa, I'm wet, <laughs> and it's it's just Bulldog's face. It's just straight as it. It's just like. Can't laugh. <laughs> Can't laugh. You know, but oh, spot. It's just it's if if anybody did that in current times, you know, we'd be, rat, be raving about it, you know, or we'd be complaining about it, you know. You don't know that it's like these days. Michael Cole did it. He had his heel commentator spot. He mm-hmm. won the best announcer. He carried it for a while, which I thought was pretty funny. But yeah, you're right. It's not really been done since. No, it's not. It's okay, not I, was, I was about to say that it's a bad day when the the best. Use of Slammy's since yeah. has been Michael Cole, and he he ran with it. not nowhere near as successful as own heart. Please don't send me death threats on Twitter. You know what I mean? Like, how dare you compare those two? No, but like it was just so stupid, and yet it didn't affect his standing as an in-ring competitor. He was just so good. Just I did it all by myself. Yeah. I'm a winner. It's like basketball tie. <laughs> It's amazing, and he wore the bow tie down to the ring for yeah. ages after it as well. <laughs> it's, just, it's amazing because that time this was this was done the night before WrestleMania. This is like the hall, what the Hall of Fame is now, mm-hmm. you know. Well, essentially, it's the same. It was the same style. It was like the ring was like the platform, and then like, the recent one was the ring was, was the platform. Tom well. Pettigrew was a was it Tom Pettigrew was a yeah because he yeah, starts yeah. he was singing all these weird songs at the start. It's such a weird weird show. It's a very weird show. Yeah. I've always just remembered it for for that was Undertaker appearances. I think Undertaker was very <sighs> free. Oh, the, the Rock wins one, and he's just so uncharismatic. Oh, no. I like to find so my wife and stuff. So like so Chalk and cheese. Yeah. <laughs> just one of the funniest ones. I know it's like I've gone off topic. It was just Austin, like he's like walking back and like Dark the Crown, Dark the Cloud, starts spraying stuff, and he just absolutely battles the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so funny. But, oh. yeah, it's good because with the Slammies, it was like everyone was kind of taking it a bit serious, but Owen, like he's doing it for his character as well as building up a match for Mania and it's kind of like yeah it works so well it's just that moment and a really disastrous of all show that was uh, something that, that you mentioned before we came on wasn't it about the Slammy's Ross yeah look we mentioned obviously on last week's show for Double or Nothing that the feuds are built on I'm battling you and I'm going to prove it you know we're best superstar of the year you know superstar of the year female compared to the year um, tag team of the year how hard is it to do a feud where I should have won that award and I'm going to prove why I'm better than you. And if you're going to do it, maybe, yeah, if you obviously get the Hall of Fame the night before WrestleMania, could we not maybe do it the night before Elimination Chamber to set up WrestleMania matches? You know what I mean? They, they can't just find it randomly when they do the slam. Yeah. This is just like rad putting this odd plate. And you don't even understand the logic to it. It was when Roman Reigns won this and he'd been out for like yeah. three months yeah. before. That was, yeah. like, that was the start of the fans turning on Roman that one when he won the <laughs> I mean, I think we'd all be a lot more accepting of the Edge v Booker T over hair if it was for a slammy, like best hair and yeah, Booker T. Like, it's no, the, no, I should have won that best hair award. as well, him and, cause him and Bulldog briefly feuded mm-hmm. yeah. after mm-hmm. Mania before the Heart Foundation yeah. came back. And could you just imagine it being over the slammies? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you, you saw my bow tie, goddammit. It was glorious. <laughs> it's like winner takes all. European title, tag titles and slammies. Yeah. Bow tie on a bowl match. So, uh, the only recent one over a slammy was the uh, build up to the. Undertaker in Shawn Michaels match because that was Slammy of the Year. Ah, yeah. um, would you bring back the Slammies? And if so, like like Ross mentioned there, when would you bring it back? I, do you know what a weird one they always do? 
they always like TLC always has great matches and it's always in December and they used to always put the go home raw would be the slammies Sorry, for yeah. TLC mm. so you'd have these classic table ladders and chairs match and it wouldn't carry over you're like surely you know the new year raws that no one really watches that are pre-recorded and we've done every match for 20 you know whatever the year is could we not just put them in you know uh, what I mean it might be something they could maybe throw the idea of you know because Owens is the most the best one of a slammy ever yeah, so they, could, they could do it every year around about this time around about to mark to pay trip, some sort of tribute to him. They own mm-hmm. heart slammies. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah but I don't think his wife would have anything that's nice to say about that. She's the one that stopped him from going on Hall of Fame. Yeah, but right. She doesn't have any belts or any slammies. No, no she's no. jealous. <laughs> Nathan, this is this is your one that you're saying about this. Would you bring back this, the slammies? And if so, when? Aye, yeah, yeah, why not? As long as it's used as, as Ross said, a tool to like further feuds. Yeah. Or it's not taken too seriously. I would, yeah, I would bring it back, yeah. yeah. What about anything like in you know the build up to WrestleMania, doing a sort of small spot in WrestleMania week at some point? Do you think yeah. that could work, or do you think there's just too much in me? There's too much during that week. I mean, you've got a Hall of Fame, you've got like the access stuff as well. Um, see, I would point maybe before SummerSlam, maybe. Yeah, makes sense. Wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quacker, you get something to say? Yeah, I mean, I don't like the Slammies. I mean, the last funny moment for me on the Slammies was Miz and Miz down. And Miz now oh, was yes. just imitating everything that Miz was doing, even though Miz now was meant to be collecting the award, but Miz speared the right away and Miz now was just left talking. I love it. Yeah, look, a lot of times when like, obviously we've seen WrestleMania this year, the SmackDown women's title was moved to the main event because it was meant to be Mandy Rhodes and Asuka and it had absolutely no build. You know, the Raw tag titles got added like three days before. Surely, if we have like a fan vote, maybe for like female superstar of the year or male superstar or tag team we could maybe do oh by the way you the fans voted them you know tag team of the year wrestler of the year blah 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 so they are getting a US title match or they are getting a tag title match they are getting a women's title match and it it also helps bring the fans back in because look for, for the longest time they've not used the, the interactive part of the WWE app and the voting so let's bring that back you know what I mean it's the social media age get the fans involved yeah Andy? Yeah, uh, I say you shouldn't really bring back the Sammy's back because I feel everything's scripted now, so it's like you can't have that own hard moment where he's, I've done it again and all that. And besides, like, it's interesting when they do the dinner table thing because obviously when they've done the Sammy's again, it was like on Raw where all the matches happened. Whereas that's quite fun to see that because all the wrestlers are all relaxed and they kind of can be themselves. And you know, and it is funny and like own heart is hilarious. And that's like, if they, if they didn't have it scripted, then yeah, bring back the Sammy's and do it yeah. that way. But that's, you know. Good point, guys. Good points. Um, Nathan, thanks for that. I think that's a brilliant one, and it just shows you the fun factor that own Bronte, um, the WWF. Um, now we're going to go on to Mr. McLeod's yes. match. Yeah, so I've picked a 10 man melee, as Vince McMahon called it on commentary. It's Steve Austin, Ken Shamrock, Goldust, and the Legion of Doom versus the Heart Foundation of Brett Owen, Jim Nyhart, Bulldog, and Brian Pillman. Canadian Stampede 97 it's it's an incredible match like when if you look on our brand spanking new ESSR website you'll see my favourite match is a six man tag for the Attitude Era this is kind of like that but just so much better just the atmosphere it's almost like a derby game a derby football game because mm-hmm. they've got Farmer's Daughter hyping up the crowd with O Canada so it's like it's the Canadian songs and it's 
even though the commentators are trying to be non-biased, it's quite clearly who the fans are rooting for. It's it's hostile territory for them. It's it's like a well, it's like we live in Glasgow. We have seen derbies. It's almost like that. It's just pure hatred given to the side that is not the Heart Foundation, and it's just something else. There's great wrestling. There's great storytelling. There's some absolutely great lines by Jerry the King Lawler on commentary. <laughs> Brett lovingly gives his mother. Oh my god, I love this. Brett lovingly gives his mother his shades and he turns around and goes, I didn't realise Brett's shades came in by focals. <laughs> <laughs> and then at one point, because they were friends, Steve Austin, as you can see, he's carrying on with Pillman in the ring. He grabs him by the trunks and re- reveals the full moon. And Jerry Lawler just goes, and there's Pillman making an ass of himself. <laughs> and there's also Jerry Lawler, uh, sorry, JR making fun of Austin's baldness. <laughs> Own heart, eh, so Brett hits him with a wicked clothesline and he goes, if Austin had hair, that clothesline would have knocked it off. It's <laughs> <laughs> my oh. best friend there. <laughs> it's just, so, uh, there's so much in it. Bruce Hart's there as always, trying to get himself over. British Bulldog bagged a Miss Calgary, punching more than Stephen Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jim Neihart, the proud Canadian, born in California. <laughs> But like the, the perfect thing about this, it comes at Austin's rise, it comes post Pillman and Bret Hart feud. Bret Hart's he's most over is both a heel in America and a face in Canada, and it's about to lead in eh, that feud we talked about, Owen and Austin. It's just everything is so well put together. Yeah. And the fact you know very fitting for this show, Owen gets the pin, Owen gets taken out with a chair. So in retaliation for somebody attacking his brother, Bret Hart attacks. <laughs> Austin with a fire extinguisher (laughs) (laughs) and that was the start of Steve Austin's knee problems both of them come back out at different times Austin comes back to an absolutely horrendous reception and then Owen comes out to an absolute hero's welcome like Gandalf reappearing at the end of Lord of the Rings (laughs) it's just such a good match it's chaos, it's over the top but there's also great wrestling, great storytelling it's just amazing was it, I've never actually seen the match myself, but I've heard it's like Austin like plays like heel quite well, and uh-huh. at one point he attacks uh, Stuart, just <laughs> this old man in the crowd, and just like whacks him. Yeah, Bruce Hart is as usual trying to get himself over, and apparently he had he was meant to protect Stuart when he, had, but he throws two pints over Austin, although beer just makes him stronger, like the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he starts swiping at Austin, so Austin at one point just kind of pushes him down, yeah. and then Fulk, just in retaliation, attacks an 82-year-old man. <laughs> uh, Stu Hart is in the front row, they show him a lot of times, he looks like he'd rather be anywhere else. He looks like he'd rather be getting a big shopping. Miserable old fart. <laughs> Training young kids. <laughs> is that not, is that, that's kind of a recurring thing, anytime they ever showed Stu Hart in the crowd, it's just like... Yeah, it's the same in the steel cage matches. Aye, like, just absolutely nothing. But I'd rather be teaching but kids in my dungeon. See, <laughs> see, if you. See, you looking back at this match. So, look at the, the look at the caliber you've got in it. You've got the Hearts, the two, the mm-hmm. Owen and Brett. You've got Pillman. You've got Bulldog, Austin. Legion of Doom, Gold Dust, you know, Shamrock, you know, yeah, that's, that's that is absolutely stacked. It's yep. amazing to think of that, how good the roster was at that point in time and how well it just worked. There's a pre match interview where it's like Shamrock says, obviously, we mentioned before, I've been in the Lion's Den before, foreshadowing. Uh, the Legion of Doom turn around and say, 
uh, you know, this isn't about US versus America, this is just about pride now. Uh, Goldust, you know, saying he plays a peacemaker, but he's ready for a fight. And then they just go like that. And Steve Austin, could you? And he just walks away. Just, he refuses to, he doesn't talk or change his emotion the entire time the other four guys are talking. And he goes, and Steve, and he just walks away before he gets to the word Austin. He's already in like that shot. That, is it like that video they showed before halftime heat with Alistair Black, Velveteen Dream and Ricochet? Aye, they uh, just walk away. Aye, Black just walks away like I'm the top. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just great. I didn't actually realise before till this, I watched this match again that Mrs. Smith was Miss Calgary. Oh, yes, I did not. Yeah, I don't know either. Didn't I? That was a, that was a shocking yeah. one, you know. Um, she would be. She's probably absolutely appalled at her son's fashion sense recently. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually, he shows up because the uh, all the Hart family jump in at the end, and it's like a young Teddy Hart, a yeah. young uh, David Boy Smith Jr., and a young Natalia, all in the ring. Oh, that's it. Mm. I didn't see the bit at the end. I've uh, totally. um, the whole family goes in there. Yeah. It's like it is, it is, it is literally like a feel good moment. It's what, what it was then to what uh, Kofi Kingston's win at WrestleMania was to Kwaku. <laughs> when all, and then all Kofi's kids come in, and it's just like Kwaku's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I do love, I do love how there's a heartfelt moment of these family members and. <laughs> Austin shows up like a drunk ex at a wedding with a chair just swinging for everybody and everybody just like, no, 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 I don't care if there's two eight-year-olds in here, swing the chair. To be fair to Austin, there's a bit, you mentioned Bruce earlier, he throws so many pints at Austin, obviously not by missing the queue, and Austin must be thinking, who the hell is this guy? He's no one, no wonder he went in there, Chad, for the blame. Austin did that so much in the attitude there, though. He would just go backstage after a bit, then he would just come back later yeah. on and just swing a chair like a madman. It's just like you'd think the beers were actually taking effect on <laughs> That's a drunk. They all come out individually as well. Like, uh, especially at Heart Foundation, you hear, you hear the crowd like getting mm-hmm. louder and louder mm-hmm. and Brett appears like, whoa, it's a drunk. Yes. So it's the British national anthem getting a massive cheer over. Like Jim Nyhart, who <laughs> all, he's going, Canada, yeah, this is Canada, waving a Canadian flag. Like, you were born in California. <laughs> you might have married a Canadian, but you were from California. I just, like, just like you said, Stephen, the calibre uh, guys on that match is just unreal. Could you ever imagine WWE now putting that many guys who are so, you know, all in the one match at one at one time? It's a hard one to kind of think of because you don't really see that that type of match much anymore. It's, yeah, that's true. You kind of think, I'm trying to remember the last time we did something like that, you know, bombing so, Shield Evolution. Mm-hmm. Like that, you know? See Survivor Series, I think it was 2017, mm-hmm. the one. Like, oh, yeah. It started really well and then the ending was just like McMahon Family Drama, mm-hmm. Part ah, 1000. Yeah, that, I think, was the last time we had so many over people in a match because it was Cena, Orton, Shane... Bobby Roode and Shinsuke Nakamura against Braun, Joel, Balor, Angle and Triple H. Like that was such a great caliber match, but unfortunately unlike this, they couldn't, you know, like capture that same magic. It wasn't it wasn't like that point where the Canadians were the Canadian audience were mm-hmm. so vocal when they were in the crowds. It was like it's like Chicago now. Yeah. It's just they were so uh, they, they knew who they wanted who they were cheering for. Mm-hmm. And, uh, this was obviously the point where Stone Cold it just went, just got that face turn. You know, mm-hmm. he was the most over popular guy in the company. He could boot out the building. Mm-hmm. There is still, 
but there's a shamrock section. There is three absolutely stunning women that all oh, have yeah, their, their yeah. t-shirts. Like one says Ken, one says Sham, one says Rock. Was one of them his sister? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not Game of Thrones. <laughs> no, uh, and they've all got a section. Uh, Ken- Canada sucks. Shamrock section. And then there's like one or two like guys with like Austin shirts on. But like that was the one that caught me by surprise. There was a shamrock section. <laughs> It's another one like someone's holding a sign that says LD ladies off drag. That's one of my favourite bits in that match is Nyhart's taking the mic at a Ken Shamrock kicking and Shamrock just roundhouse kicks on with Patrick Swayze and Roadhouse just bang! Roundhouse. Yeah, guys, that's an, that's another stellar one, Josh. Uh, Josh, when you think about that match, everybody in it and the match itself. Brilliant choice mm-hmm. as well, mate. Absolutely fantastic. Cheers for that. Nice. Right, now it's my turn. My turn. <laughs> I'm. Unfortunately, yes. I'm doing. I'm doing a Stephen. It's my show. <laughs> <laughs> Are you related? <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're related. That's where you got it from. Um, so my um, match. Uh, sorry, my, my moment. Sorry, I'm going to do. I'm going to do uh, a match and a moment because I'm greedy. Um, <laughs> my moment is purely just the Heart Foundation. Um, Canada versus America first of all and then I also want to talk about a match that we spoke about on the Mania show which is the Brett Owen match as well just to sort of give that um, a wee bit in the opening match of WrestleMania so um, the, we've mentioned that a few times but the the, um, the the feud between Heart Foundation versus America pretty much is just incredible you forget about it and just how good it was um, they had so much heat when they were in America, Brett really good at talking on the mic about how much he hated America, um, and the fans just bought into it. They done a, um, I'm sure it was Monday Night Heat. They done done one show in Calgary, uh, and then the next week they done it in San Antonio. And the heat off the two of them when they interviewed them was just unreal. It was it was stuff that you you missed. That's why. When I look at that, that's why the hearts are probably some of my favourite wrestlers. When you look at the, you know, just just the heat that they brought as well. It's just it's the way that they wrestled, the way that they talked, um, the fun aspect of them. We own um, the slammies and stuff like that. These guys are my, like my, my time period. Um, I, I love in wrestling. What do, you, in terms of the, you know, the um, US uh, Heart Foundation Canada, I'll call it. What, what did you think of that, Stephen? Uh, it just uh, you got so much moments from it that you look back on uh, either fondly or not so fun there's so much talking points of it there is of course Montreal yeah. you know Survivor Series 97 uh, there's we talked about earlier on there was Austin breaking his neck um, Pillman's got a gun stemmed from it as well you know <laughs> Amazing. it's just there's there's so much areas to talk about even the ones that are controversial the Sunny Days promo from Shawn Michaels mm-hmm. you know that was Risky as hitting back then, you know, and Brett hated it, and that was obviously the the animosity between the two of them. But just some of the stuff that was going on around at that point as well. Shawn Michaels breaking his nose with a can of the Canadian oh, flag. Oh, th- that was bad, but it wasn't as bad as Shawn Michaels' personal attack on The Simpsons. <laughs> you know, the, the brilliant Bret Hart promo where he goes, "Hey, you can make fun of me in Canada all you like. Do you leave The Simpsons out of this?" <laughs> Is that actually happening? Because <laughs> yeah, he was that episode Brett's and the Simpsons yeah. was about that time. The guy with the reggae hat? No, no, that was uh, that's someone's right. He's like, talk to Mr. Burns and the Simpsons. Oh, right. uh, this place has old man stink. 
<laughs> Nathan, you mentioned something in our, our chat um, beforehand about, about this sort of feud, didn't you? Yeah, I think it's very underrated. I mean, you mentioned the whole USA v Canada, but it's, they're not just representing Canada, it's representing like, their family. That's It's like brothers, the two brother-in-laws, uh, it's probably related as well. It's, no, I think he just, nah, just, 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 just had a friend from the dungeon. So it's not so a <laughs> It was one of Stu's young talents from the dungeon. <laughs> Anyway, um, so yeah, the one just like bonded through the country it was through like family, so that gave it another element to it as well. Um, but yeah, just very, very underrated, and a very underrated year, I think, as well. Yeah, for the F97. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I was I was watching clips last night and I seen a sign that was so much hated in San Antonio. This was during the Iraq war and it had a guy the sign saying America stop bombing Iraq, bomb Canada. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I was like, I've never heard that as well. Yeah. So that was like just shows you the heat that they had going for them. Blame Canada. <laughs> Andy, what's your thoughts on this? Uh, let's see, I'd, I'd sort of just got into wrestling after this had happened, but I think this was kind of like the turning point because obviously actually there it was just you know heating up to the actual there and you had this obviously the big Canada feud and, and it wasn't like none of them really changed the character it was just essentially like we just don't like the, the American fans and you know and, and it was good for that because it's like you see it's like obviously they tried to replicate the Heart Foundation thing with uh, what's that what was the Seamus and all that feud it was so forgettable oh, League of Nations League of Nations and you, you know it's just all these like stupid like team what is it there was Team Canada as well or TNA TNA Bobby Roode Eric Young no 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 I'm talking about uh, no, oh, the uh, Lance Storm. Lance Storm, Christian. Un American. Un American. Test Christian William Reed. Yeah, Team Canada. Team Canada. I don't remember his name. I'm getting forgetful. <laughs> uh, obviously, yeah, as you can tell, because I couldn't remember, they were very unforgettable compared to uh, the Heart Foundation. I think the was. It was just a great heel faction who. You know, you could relate to because it was like the most wasn't we just hate America because yeah. it was like the fans they're trash, you know, they're disrespectful, they'd rather cheer for a man who drinks beer than is like a brawler and you know, it really worked quite well for the time as yeah. well. Because again, sort of like the way Federation was going as well, it was going towards actually the other kind of resistance against that. Yeah. But I mentioned in promos how he like, likes like family values, that sort of thing. It's like against that as well as being against America. Yeah. It's a bit it takes you back um, a wee bit when um, Slaughter versus Hogan when Hogan uh, Slaughter turned his back on America and it was yeah, you know it's sort of that's, it's a terrible version of it but it's sort of like you know mm-hmm. you know that sort of way and the way that the Hearts done it they've done it so much better um, it was amazing even um, one of the one of the ones I was watching Brett had the Ameri- he had a proper Canadian accent and the one in Calgary was like hey buddy hey hey and still he was, he was putting it all on and, I'm not your friend buddy uh, <laughs> 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 what are you talking about <laughs> so was that one um, sorry very important moment I think in terms of the in Owen's Owen's career as well this this was when you know all the hearts were together it was you know they were under Canada they were all fighting for each other and it's a, I think it's a, a good one to use and a very important one mm-hmm. um, that we mentioned as well and the other one I want to mention quickly is the Owen Brett match um, Andy you mentioned the Steel Cage match but this is the opening match of Wrestlemania yeah. um, like I said we have spoke about it in the previous one but I just wanted to give it a wee bit of, wee bit of time because it is such a technically sound match and it is a great match which leads on to more things with the feud and mm-hmm. stuff like that um, yeah, Nathan, it's all up to you. 
with that match, what do you think? Yeah, like he says, a technical masterpiece. I mean, Owen plays a heel so well, he grabs press here, does like sneaky wee tactics and stuff. Um, what happens afterwards as well, Owen's won by the end of the night. Brett's still, he's, he's a champion, he's still that notch above. You know, obviously, adds an element to it and obviously, continue down in SummerSlam where it's like culminates in that cage match. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Andy, you've obviously mentioned it, mate. On yeah, like, so exactly what Nathan said. It is like a masterclass in sort of wrestling. It's one of the probably greatest openers to uh, WrestleMania. And the fact that it's like not only was the match good, it like sets up like the storyline like for the cage match because it's like, yeah, as Nathan said, it's like Owen wins the sort of battle, but he doesn't win the war and against his brother because his brother's the champ at the end of the yeah. night. So. Yeah, cool. just the. The best thing I think you can say about it is the fact that we've had 25 WrestleMania since and so many people still put this as the best yeah. WrestleMania open. I think that's the best justice I can do it. Yeah, sweet. definitely. Steve? Yeah, I mentioned that when we talked about it in the WrestleMania opener show, it's just it's a technical masterclass. It's the fact, that, like I said at that time as well, it's amazing how well it did it. we talk about it so much and it was on the same card as Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that ladder match which... Actually, I think that may be the five, first five-star match. Was that a five-star one, that one? Well, potentially, I can't remember at all. But the fact that they're both in the same card, they're both, we're still able to talk about that one. I mean, who remembers half the matches that happened at WrestleMania 25? No, because Undertaker, Shawn Michaels was on that one. You know, it's just a testament to how good they were together. And sometimes uh, people who are that close brothers like that, they don't have great chemistry. Scott and Ross on a show, for example. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> These two just click so well, and that's why we got the match we got. Yes, well played. That was that was. Thank you. Was um this match? What I remember was was Stu in the crowd looking as miserable as ever. <laughs> I don't think they showed them much in this one. No wonder. Like Eva, like don't watch an Andy Murray win win. Eva and Lendo looks like Jim Carrey compared to Stu Hart, seriously. <laughs> I remember the first match, I think it was WrestleMania 3, the, Hart, the Hart's debut, and it was Brett and Jim in a tag team match. Um, and Stu's sitting there, again, he's, his son's making his debut on WrestleMania, and he's sitting there with a face like, like thunder. It's, it's great, it's brilliant, it just sums him up. It's a, it's a great one. Um, now guys, let us, thank you very much for all your moments. That was that was really good. And it just sort of shows you um, how how popular Owen is. Owen still is. Owen still is now. So what we're going to have a chat about now is he's um, he's untimely death, and then we're also going to talk about what could have been as well with him. Um, so on the twenty third of May, nineteen ninety nine, Owen felt his death in Kansas City during an over the edge pay per view event. He was um, he was being lowered via harness and grapple. And when tragedy struck, he fell um, seven eight feet and landed on the top rope, and then down onto the down onto the match. Now we'll have a wee chat about that. Um, first of all, do you th- the, the over the edge show didn't get cancelled? They kept going. It was a, such a controversial moment mm-hmm. back then. Even now, the yeah. decision. Yeah. It was one. I think it's. I think it split the locker room in half. Some of them didn't want to continue for obvious reasons. Some of them thought. Oh, if Owen, if Owen was here, he would want to done the same thing, you know. But mm-hmm. you can understand why you get such a backlash. Because, yeah. You know, especially with the live crowd. Yeah, the crowd yeah. didn't know. It was only they introduced it on to the fans watching that Owen passed away, but the crowd still didn't know. Yeah, they, they had to see 
Yeah, yeah, obviously I had to see it. Yeah. That, that was probably well, just as bad. Well, know. the crowd didn't even know he died until they went home yeah, to New York. Yeah, so they, no they had to continue watching that, not knowing what happened. Yeah. Which is obviously on their mind through the whole show. Yeah. It's just, it's. You, they, I think it was this what happened that. Because the Shawn Michaels, the Shawn Michaels entrance at WrestleMania 12, I think that was what they were trying to replicate. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was a sort of it was a parody of Sting when he was coming from the Raptors. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what they were trying to do. Because I think when he landed, he was like four short feet on his face, and then that was kind of like the joke in it. So yeah, as Andy says, I think it was meant to be let it land like maybe six seven feet above the mat, and he'd have to like kind of fall. But obviously, the harness released early. Yeah. There's a lot of obviously classless stuff online. Look, people go, "Oh, this person did it. This bit, it's a conspiracy." No, it was no. a terrible accident. Yeah. yeah, they unfortunately happened, and this unfortunately happened. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, Owen's probably regarded as one of the best in-ring performers in WWF, WWF history, um, which leaves the question: um, How far could Owen have got if? You know, that tragedy didn't start, Andy. Yeah, well, the, the, apparently the, the gimmick of the game was originally supposed to go to Owen Hart. Mm. So it's kind of like, what would that have done for his character? Would they have got the, you know, the motorhead <laughs> entrance? <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't know. I feel like at the time, because obviously Austin would have got injured and, you know, maybe he would have been put in the role as sort of, you know, helping the, the like, sort of mankind role and try to help people go, <laughs> like, sort of become better and become stars and stuff like that. So I feel like if they went there, maybe down the line, if they would have stayed on, it could have been a world champion. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's all yeah. this and that. Don't, yeah. Don't know. Yeah. Do you think he would have drugged Stephen out, man? We'll start to marry him. No, he's, he's a family man, isn't he? Because he was supposed to have the affair with Deborah. Mm-hmm. And he said no, because, you know, he was That's a family why he man through well, the same as punishment, but he was enjoying the role. There's like a quote where he's like talking about Val Venus. Says, I don't even want to say the name because it sounds like penis. <laughs> <laughs> like, can you imagine if you get the the game character and the feuds that Triple H had after it? Can you imagine Owen Hart and The Rock for the WWE title? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine Owen Hart and Kurt Angle? Can you imagine, you know, like yeah. Owen Hart versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania? You know, so many classic matches. So do you think with if one Hart was still there, Brett would have came back earlier because obviously one of the other things Brett Hart didn't return for because his brother died in mm-hmm. that company. If one was still there and had good graces well, with that's that's you know, the, that's, the, that's the thing as well. There was what happened in Montreal and the fact yeah. that Owen wasn't released. Mm-hmm. No one went yeah. to his contract because uh, Eric Bischoff that kind of wasn't going to pay what WWE were paying. Mm-hmm. So could you if you had went to WCW, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. It would have still been here, that's the kind of thing. And that one, so yeah. it's like, there's, there's so many, there's, as I said, there's, there's so many what ifs associated yeah. with Owen Hart, you know? Yeah. The, sorry. Uh, yeah, the Monday Night Wars, uh, one of the big, you know, busts is Bret Hart cost WCW so much money, and because of obviously his brother's passing and what happened to him in WWF, you can see he just doesn't want to be there. Yeah. If Owen had came across with him, do you, like, you would have got a different Bret Hart, you know, you'd have got a motivated Bret Hart, you know, because they would have went in the ring together and pushed each other to the limit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it could have completely changed the Monday Night Wars. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know that about, uh, about the game, uh, the game character for him. Uh, I actually think, I don't think he would have been world champion. I think he would have been still in the mid-card, but if you look at the mid-card in 99 going to 2000, that's not a detriment at all. I mean, you had Angle, Jericho, Benoit, Guerrero, I mean, can imagine matches would have had with them. Mm, yeah. Remember, um, also, going by the comedy value, I think it would have been a really good 
write the censor member. <laughs> yeah, I could, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I could have been good at that, or I mean, the hardcore division as well. Imagine the comedy you could have had. Oh, oh, yeah. I think you would have been actually really, really good in that one. Yeah, yeah like it's something like that. Crash, crashes back hiding. He goes into her room, and there's a win with the slammies. <laughs> <laughs> Slammy to the head. Slammy to the head, and then one, two, three. It's like that. It, oh, it was the program or something. Somebody gets hit with no in Family Guy where um, the character that gets hit with an Emmy. Right. And then, oh, <laughs> Peter goes, it's not fair. I don't have any of those. <laughs> it's Homer that throws an Emmy at uh, Peter. Brilliant. You know, what do you guys think about? Now we'll have a wee chat about his his legacy. You mentioned one about his legacy, um, Stephen. I mm. was the Kevin. The Kevin Old. With Kevin Owens, yes, sorry. Uh, yeah, it's interesting Kev, uh, the fact that he was um, Kevin Owens was named after because of his love for Owen, and Kevin Owens also named his first son Owen. Um, you can kind of see the similarities when you talk about them mm. between Kevin Owens and Owen Hart, regardless what Kevin Owens does, if he's absolutely terrorising Sami Zayn for the millionth time, if he's teaming with Sami Zayn for the millionth time, uh, or just doing anything, he has this error of charisma about him even when he's meant to be an absolutely the most hateable man on the planet I mean you've seen what Bowman did to Bowman in the new day a couple of weeks ago but the week before that he was gyrating yeah and everything you know he was he was the big E the big O you know <laughs> so the, the, the similarities are so abundant you can clearly see the influence that Owen Hart has had on a guy like Kevin Owens if Kevin Owens is half the wrestler that Owen Hart is you know Kevin Owens is probably uh, in terms of his legacy, the, the stuff I always remember is just like the, the pranks he used to pull and stuff like that. Like, and uh, apparently they say, say if you ever get talking to any wrestler who wrestled with Owen Hart and you ask them about Owen Hart's story, they have like like thousands and stuff. And obviously there's loads online. And he did like behind the scenes, he just sounded like this really funny like guy. But you just have to be careful because he would he would do something. Uh, I remember hearing on like the Attitude Era podcast, it's like. British Bulldog would put a fake name into the hotel because he was too scared of what Owen would do. And it's like, it's so funny, just that this guy just was always pranking people. And yeah, he's like sadly missed. Yeah, very much so, Nathan. Um, just after what Stephen was saying, the like saying, sorry, Kevin Owens, I mean, Owens still has that switch turn from the comedy to like sadistic heel. And even like you're trash talking in the ring, you can see that's a product of Owen as well. Um, also, like, kind of, he was, he was still like quite well built, but he's still like, a smaller guy when he first came in. And obviously, you see guys like Daniel Bryan, like for example, Jericho as well, talk about how much he was an influence on getting them into wrestling. So, it's obviously a legacy there as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah, one of these, you can tell that with a lot of the guys who've came out of the, the Heart Dungeon mm-hmm. since, mm-hmm. since that period, point of time. Well, there is lots of similarities to all of them in some way. You can kind of see it in the likes of even likes of Tyson Kidd and everything like that they've all got something similar to that even if it's similar to Brett or similar to Owen um, thankfully none of them are similar to Bruce (laughs) 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 you know but there is there is something there and you can kind of see it's it's something that stemmed through it's it's kind of a Canadian type thing aspect of it they've all got that one you can even say that with Sammy as well Mm -hmm. yeah Sammy's got that way he's current heel his current heel character's amazing yeah you know you absolutely want to hate him but he's a bit funny at the same time Mm -hmm. you know it's you can it's, even if it's not a direct influence like Kevin Owens he has got that something with the Canadian wrestlers that came through yeah yeah. Edge and Christian as well some of the stuff Edge and Christian did in 2000 oh, yeah. that tag team you know, that's straight out that slammy playbook as well yeah the flash photography yeah 
stuff as well. Mate. Yeah, definitely. We hope his legacy lives on um, for many more years as well, guys. You agree with that? Yeah. 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 So I think that's a good place to um, to call it for today, guys. I would just like to say um, thank you for coming. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Derek. Thanks, Nathan. Thank you. Thanks, Andy. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Roscoe. Cheers, mate. Thanks, Cracker. Thank you. Good, guys. And we'll be back next week for our Glow Season 2 review with Mr. David Campbell. Yep. The goat is in the chair. I'm looking forward. I've been recapping on Glow for it, so <laughs> it's all good. Got nice one. Guy love Glow. Yeah, fantastic pro. If it's, if it's anything like the Season 1 review, then I wouldn't listen to it. <laughs> 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 I'm a terrible host. <laughs> And uh, we'll be back next week, guys. Thanks very much. We'll see you then. Cheers. Listen, cunts, I don't care what the fuck you think you're doing. Whatever you think is more important with your life, you honking bag of d- tips. You know what you should be doing? You should be going online. You should be subscribing. You should be listening to the back catalogue of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Whatever the fuck you're doing, that's what you should be doing. I don't care if it's your mum's birthday. I don't care if she's feeling contractions. Get on it right now.